Hi everyone, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking. You've got Charlie and Chrissy here from CST Marketing. So today we've got a pretty interesting topic that we've been thinking about quite a lot over the last couple of weeks and it's all around what is called the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, that's like a tongue twister, I think. Sunk cost fallacy, say that 10 times fast. I think it's... Yeah, maybe not for this podcast. <laughs> I think you, for afterwards. it might not be safe for work. After <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. Okay, moving on. So, so what is the sunk cost fallacy? This is where individuals, I'm reading a definition here, if this sounds boring, but individuals commit the sunk cost fallacy when they continue a behavior or endeavor as a result of a previously invested resources. So how that relates to marketing operations is just in marketing. twofold. Marketing, right? To marketing, marketing or marketing ops. operations. Yeah. Twofold. Really around campaigns and tech. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you'll have a tool people like to call it shelfware um, where it's sitting on the shelf and you're not using it but you're spending money on it and you want to keep it because you've spent money on it already and that is you're completely falling into the trap of the sunk cost fallacy you sunk money into it and the fallacy is that you think you're you might still be able to get value out of it if you continue using it and the same thing from a campaign point of view if you're running a campaign or a channel or any kind of initiative within marketing, you've put money, you've put time, you've put resources into it, and may, it may not be giving you the results that you need, but because you've already invested in it, you're sticking with it. Yeah, and I think this can be a source of stress for some people as well. I think if you, I compare it to, weirdly, we have this like really fancy massager that we spend a lot of money on, and I'll look at it and I'm like, I should, I need to use that. Oh, the Theragun thing? Yeah, the Hypervolt. I thought you were talking about a real massage. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like a person. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Um, like, where do you get that? The Hypervolt, and and yeah. I I think I tried it like once, and it made my skin itch, and I'm and I was thinking, okay, I'll, I'll give it another shot. I'll, I'll Okay, every time I look at it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start using that. You know, I should use that. It's expensive. It's it's fancy. It'll make my muscles feel better. And then it just kind of sits there. And I keep thinking in the back of my head every time I walk by it, I kind of feel a little bit like inside of me hurts. And that's just a small investment. And that's not a subscription. No, right? a small investment as well. And that's just a, a personal thing. I think everyone can think about those in their, in their daily lives. But um, for those of us in marketing especially marketing also attack and then for marketers for their campaigns we find that where we spend the most amount of money or where we put it put a lot of budget we'll just try our hardest to make things work where in the end it might make sense to really just rip it out and i think right now when budgets are being slashed or we could really free up some budget because we haven't been given anymore this is a good exercise to run through um so to not get caught in that sunk cost fallacy yeah. position. And I actually had a, a conversation with a client the other day um, about this. And there's a tool, I won't name names, but you know it's in the tens of thousands um, uh, yearly. And, um, but they're desperate for extra mops headcount. And I said, well, I mean, I know that getting rid of this tool isn't going to be freeing up all of the the money for a mops headcount but it's going to get you somewhat of the of the way there and give you mm -hmm. uh an, an ability to maybe have that conversation right because you've mm -hmm. freed up a little bit of budget in exchange for trying to like free up a little bit more to get that headcount yeah 
Um, and I think that one of the important things with the sunk cost fallacy is that it really, you know, you know what's what's in that category, right? And it and and that constant trying and trying and trying to like keep on, you know, having it in the back of your mind and just taking up that kind of overhead in in your energy. But you know that it's it's a, a sunk cost. You know it's not gonna it's not providing value, and it's like genuinely does impact your happiness and well being, and the productivity of your team. Yeah, and and in some times you maybe don't know because you're coming into the organization and oh, you're yeah. just given a Big tech time. stack, and you're like, um, three of these things do the same thing, you know, and and then you're wondering, or that you're like hearing from a sales team now that it really didn't get the due diligence that it it properly needed or it's not working okay like why is it not working so we wanted to talk through the questions or an exercise that you can um, go through when trying to decide whether you continue to put resources into something um, or keep some initiative going or keep a piece of tech um, versus not and so um, do you want to kick it off Trev? Sure. So there's just some general questions to ask yourself. So the first one is, um, you know, once you've identified a, a tool or a campaign that isn't really giving the ROI or, or the value, it's the first thing is, okay, you're trying to figure out, should I scrap this or not, right? So first develop that list of, of everything that kind of doesn't seem right in terms of the balance of value to cost and effort. But then ask yourself, have I implemented this properly? Right. Is, is this tool that I an attribution tool or, you know, a data orchestration tool or whatever it is? Did I put the time into actually implementing this properly? Did I train the team properly? Have I just done all of the things I needed to do to get the value out of this? Is it kind of on me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you've asked or did your predecessor because or your like predecessor I said, you might or be... their CS team, mm-hmm. you know, kind of as a group of people. Right. Yeah. Good point. So the. But so then the, the next question to ask, if the answer to that is no, then can I even put in more effort, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you can, then maybe try, mm-hmm. right? Unless it's just a categorical no, that you should just scrap this thing. But if you think you can put in more effort um, and you can you know, maybe take a few steps back to take a lot of steps forward, then, then try it, mm-hmm. um, maybe before scrapping it. But if the answer is, I literally don't have the time, I can't see myself doing this in the next few quarters, renewals coming up, then I think you've got your answer. Totally. Um, and I think some of the the things that, you know, when when we think about this with a um with a client, it's it's kind of taking some of the emotion out of it as well. I think a lot of the times we even find like, oh, I'm using this tool because my CMO is best friends with the oh. <laughs> my wife's sisters, like whoever, you know, like the, there's like relationships behind some of these big decisions. And that is so big stressful time. for a marketing ops person who's just like trying to make this tech work. And we really need to stop doing those backdoor deals or start stop doing those like you know, deals that are really a favor because no one wins in the end. But, um, you know, take some of that emotion out. Like the, people will understand if you're you, you make the case for why it's hurting the business or why maybe it's impacting your team. Um, you can part ways with it. 
And also, uh, you know, make sure you're not making too quick of a decision with this. So some things actually do truly take time, especially when it comes to campaigns. With tech, it's pretty clear, like, if you did your perfect implementation, you know, can I get an expert to review this? They That might even be better to have an expert then come in if you do have those additional resources to then come see if you, okay, you did everything you could to launch it. It's just not the right fit for you. Um, but for campaigns, it might need to be, you know, on the sales side, was there enough like follow up? Um, do we have enough time to actually see results from this? You know, pipeline revenue in some enterprises takes a long time to see those results. Um, but if you're if it doesn't even match your go to market strategy, you probably don't even have enough time to even see that pipeline get created and you might need to scrap it, too. So so really, like when you're making these decisions, take all of the data, but know that sometimes things take time. Sometimes it's pretty clear and then and then make the best decision and and really think about the the costs, the extra costs, not just the um, thing, you know, how much it took to buy it or to implement it. But, you know, what are we losing for trying to put all this effort into the tool or is it impacting revenue because we're not able to focus on any other um, things? And and so I think you have like a few kind of categories that you could compare kind of, you know, to get a score for how um how well you know yeah. the, the campaign or, or or tech is doing for you? Yeah, so I call it mops, uh, <laughs> and it's uh, <laughs> mops C. No, no, I've, I've decided it's definitely gonna be mops. So but it's like mops C. No, 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 the, the fourth one's <laughs> S now. <laughs> I literally decided while you were talking. <laughs> okay, okay. So the and this is this is kind of part of a prioritization prioritization framework we're trying to work on um, for marketing operations people. Uh, it's mainly focused on tools. So the first one, M, is metrics and data mm -hmm. slash data. Yeah. So is this tool you know, really prov providing insight through some metric or reporting or analytics for your CMO, for the team that they're really using and it's really valuable? Yes, yeah, so that's right. Is it helping with data? So that's yeah. the first one. Like, is it helping with data cleanliness, quality? Like, is it helping those reports really um, work? So the second one, in MOPS is O, so that's operational stability. So this is why it's a bit more focused for uh, marketing operation stuff as opposed to campaigns, but is this platform, tool, whatever it is, is it foundational to the stability of your whole stack, right? Yeah. So is it really helping, um, you know, your marketing automation platform, CRM, your integrations, whatever it is, your data quality, is it really foundational and is it keeping everything stable if it is then you don't want to take it out because it's going to cause you know, a lot of other downstream effects yeah so we have metrics operational stability and then the third one is um pipeline and revenue impact so this is a, a key one and, and kind of I was and saying, that's the p yeah that's the p <laughs> uh the sometimes it will take time to build that pipeline and revenue impact and you might even find that this is where some things take time, like ABM campaigns, and you might need to even then reiterate the, um, on those campaigns. We have a great listen with Shannon Ryan from EverString talking about that. It was one of our previous episodes um, to check out. But you really want to see, you know, what's our impact on our pipeline and revenue if we rip this out? Uh, would we be able to actually invest that into something else that's driving more pipeline revenue? Um, and will we yeah. save our resources? It's kind of like, you know, if you've got a 
a drift bot and people are engaging with the drift bot you know scheduling meetings and they're turning into pipeline you know try, try and really understand like how that tech is impacting pipeline mm-hmm. um, and revenue of course you know a lot of people don't do that um, unless the tool is just kind of explicitly linked mm-hmm. but everything is kind of linked right um and and by the way we've got to mention in the beginning you would give a score in each of these aspects yeah. kind of a one to ten so like there could be something that isn't really tying much to pipeline and revenue but it has like really great operational stability so then obviously the, the score would weight out across all four the final one is selling experience um for s this includes um cx and and obviously your, your sales process things like that now is it helping you sell better through a better experience for the customers better experience for your sales team um obviously that does impact pipeline and revenue but is it really helping you connect with your customers sell better um have you know a scale your approach to engaging with the customers through you know, your sales engagement and all of the different aspects within that and i think also brand like because uh, as we've talked about before, branding activities can lower your cost of acquisition, but also it'd be just be a better selling experience for your team because people already know who you are. They understand your uh, brand a bit more. They have that kind of uh, sense of, you know, wanting to be part of that brand. And, and so I think for some campaigns where people don't have a direct tie to pipeline and revenue just because they can't see it this is a good thing to also keep in mind like does it make our selling experience better brand experience is it you know can we find that um implied intent that maybe you're not seeing in the pipeline revenue impact and um getting those details from the sales team maybe like you know uh interviewing them to see if that's been part of you know impacting their deals and their selling cycle is good to do too yeah so once you've given a score one to ten on all those aspects, you've asked yourself your the previous questions like, did I even do this properly? Were we ready? Um, there's one other question that I just want to add is trying to get an expert opinion. Chris, Chrissy touched on it, um, but a lot of our clients come to us and they ask us these kind of questions, and we we come at it without that back like without that background and that emotion tied to the tool, right? Yeah unless we were part of the selection process <laughs> as well. But if it, if it's there before we got there, we can be really objective and say, do you know what? You're just not using this. Like, yes, you, you, you might be using it for this tiny use case here, but that's just not enough to, to pay for it. Or they're just not ready to. Right. You know? Oh, 100%. That happens all the time. Yeah, and I think that that is a sad case in, in some point. And especially getting ahead, of yourself. getting ahead of yourself and then also if there's been big massive changes in your company and your org you may have like seemed like you're going to be ready and then now you're just really not and i think that's also places where people are right now where maybe your team's been cut in half and yes you were ready to embark on um you know some big change with or or strategy for a campaign or this big tool to help you do attribution and you got everyone you know on the same page with it those people are gone it's really hard to then make the case to keep investing in it so and that's a hard that's probably the hardest one to deal with because you think the reason why i have to get rid of this is because we're no longer ready it's a hard thing to admit to yourself Mm -hmm. and actually thinking about that's probably one of the biggest reasons why people fall into the sunk cost fallacy trap and they Mm -hmm. think maybe we'll be ready soon we'll be ready next quarter we're ready next quarter and then before you know it it's been you know a year or longer and you just still haven't got the use out of it 
Yeah, and it doesn't mean that you can't one day. You can return to it, but for yeah. now, it's just not. Yeah, so then once you've done this exercise and then you have some tools or programs or channels, whatever it is that is on this list, uh, that it has, you know, low numbers across the MOPS prioritization that I went through. Um, you don't think you're ready to put in more. Maybe you got some advice from someone. They also think it's not ready. Um, think what you else you can do with that money. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think that you, you kind of forget that it you have a budget. Everything takes away from that budget. And it's not you don't have like this unlimited budget so if you've got if you're paying 50 grand for um, an attribution tool but you're not using it you know that's 50 grand that you could be putting in something way more impactful so if you if you were probably getting a tiny bit of value and you're holding on to that sunk cost fallacy but then you realize okay you know you have to realize that's fifty thousand dollars that you could put into something else and maybe get a ton of value so it's it's un, it's undeniable that you're getting value out of it right yeah i think people forget that aspect they just think oh well if we want to do this other thing you know we'll find the budget for that right totally and i think that that is key as well because um a lot of the times marketers especially were afraid oh no i, I but i my budget might get taken away from me then because if my cmo sees like oh i'm not using this 70k anymore then my budget's going to be like taken away by 70K. It's like, well, but if you have the case to say, okay, I'm not going to be spending this money, but I do want to use it for X, Y, Z, and this is why, have that at your you know, disposal when you are having that conversation when uh, someone tries to just take that line item away from you and give it to someone else. Because that's a, a key thing. You want to hold on to the budget if you can. Yeah. And I think from from our, from our point of view, yeah, you think of um, marketing and marketing operations, people process um, technology and data. The one thing that you can always get the most bang for your buck from investing into is people. Mm -hmm. So if you, even if you took away the fanciest tools in your stack and you just had some really amazing people um, to execute within kind of a smaller set of marketing technologies, you're going to do better than just like trying to just a layer on more and more tools and, and complicated aspects f for one person to deal with. Mm -hmm. So if you, you can always get, you can always benefit from having more people is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So if you have a few tools that are sitting there that you don't really, you don't really need, then build that case to get headcount. And then if, if they, if they say no, then say, okay, well, what happens if I can reduce the budget by this, by, by removing these tools? Totally. So, you know, Marie Kondo, your tech stack and your campaigns, <laughs> figure out what's really providing you that high prioritization score, aka giving you joy. So uh, we hope that was useful, I think, for marketers and marketing ops. And um, we will see you on the next episode of Forward Thinking. This is Charlie, so if you liked what you heard, hit like on the platform where you watch this. Also, leave a review. Honestly, we would really, really appreciate it. You can also subscribe where you listen to your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even YouTube. And make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, which is packed full of exclusive content, updates for events or courses that we might be doing, 
all designed to elevate your marketing operations and B2B strategy. See you next time on Forward and Forward is Up.